Don't let the streetlights come on. You know what happens. Your mom walk outside and scream your name and you having all that joyous nighttime fun and you look up and see that 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 dingy <laughs> that dingy light on and all your euphoria you playing a kickball or a freeze tag or whatever you're doing and you realize you missed the clock you know what happens that's the Earl Grey it's not the fancy stuff relax it's not the fancy stuff I, I got two regular bags of Earl Grey from, from Big Low. Bigelow, sorry. And uh, threw, threw some water on it, and here we are. How y'all doing? I am going through it. I could use some prayer. This college life, man, it is brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. The last paper I did, we're talking about um, breaking down the genres with in the Bible without any references other than what was discussed in class and then also the Bible itself. We're breaking down the law. We're breaking down narrative. We're breaking down wisdom and poetry, epistles, um, gospel, apocalyptic, It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And they and, and they just keep coming. They they keep the papers keep coming. Like ones due every week for eight weeks straight. And this has been relentless. So I kinda look forward to this. This is this is kind of cathartic for me to kind of get it out. The things that I'm seeing and I'm learning. The things that God kind of puts on my heart that I kinda want to talk about. So I'm very thankful for that. But a part of that, let's be honest. Let's be, let's be honest. Let's be honest. A lot of procrastinating going down. A lot of that. I don't know, man. I don't know. But we're getting it done. Rolling in this thing with a 3.7 GPA. Talk to your boy. That's right. That's right. Nothing to write home about. You know, just not bragging either, but just letting you know what time it is. That's how I give it up out in these streets. That's how we do it. Beautiful music. Love the horns as per usual. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for another day in your presence. Thank you for this time to spend in your word and get a few steps closer to you. I pray that right now, God, you remind your children of what your son did for us all when he was crushed and then nailed to the cross. We love you so much, God. Open our hearts and remove the hooks of the enemy, Father. Ease the burdens of anyone struggling and ease the pain of anyone suffering. We ask all of this in your glorious name. Amen. All right. I got a quote. I'm going to quote Mr. Sean John Combs, uh, Sean Puffy Combs, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, and just Diddy. Goes a little something like this. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the Lord I'm coming home. Let the rain wash away all the pain of yesterday. I know my kingdom awaits and they've forgiven my mistakes. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the Lord I'm coming to church. 
With enough sleeping pills to put a grown man down, I made my way through the darkness of the forest. I was worried about losing consciousness before I made my exit. As I broke brush, I was praying for God to show me the way home to my family and out of the forest. My vision grew foggy and my body grew tired. In the distance, I could see a light. The light out of the darkness and into the madness of reality. But no matter what, I knew I had to get back home. I want to look at some scripture. We're going to go straight to Psalm 23. Give me one second. There we go. There we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In this episode, we're taking a closer look at church attendance during the pandemic, the Demi. Do you remember those days? I know I do. I remember people uh, buying enough toilet paper to build a life-size paper mache replica of the Ark. And then you had some opportunistic entrepreneurs became the El Chapo of hand sanitizer. Remember that? What a time <laughs> to be alive. But to be specific, guys, do you remember the church streaming era of the pandemic? Take a small moment to think about how your church announced the physical building would be limited or closed while encouraging all to attend online. This was roughly the same time children were schooling from home online and Uber East drivers were putting some serious miles on the road. Are you there yet? All right, let's take a look. Matthew 18, 20. For where, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. 96% of pastors report their churches have been streaming their worship services online during the pandemic. But that may not matter for nearly half of church adults. That is, who say they have attended church in the past six months? 48% of this group report that they have not streamed an online service in the last month. Even looking at a more consistent segment, practicing Christians who are typically characterized by at least monthly attendance, one in three or 32%, admits they have not streamed an online service during this time. We're looking at the attendance of online streaming services brought on by the church. So we have churched adults and then we have practicing Christians. Right? Those who say they have attended church in the past six months, those are your churched adults. And then your practicing Christians are the ones that attend at least monthly at, at, at one in three. That's 32% that we're looking at here. So let's break this down. Streamed regular church services online. Churched adults, 40%. Practicing Christians, 53%. And then all the other churched adults is 25%. That's the outliers. This research came from Barna. Uh, I pulled from there. I also pulled from the Oxford University Press. And then I pulled from the Pew Pew Research Center. Okay. We're going to get into this. What does the new Sunday morning look like for a Christian household who continue to tune in to virtual worship service 
does the level of attentiveness change when a household is streaming the message in a living room or bedroom as opposed to following the motions of a group of people gathered in a physical building? When we stream service here today from my home church, City Life, over in Lacey, Washington, I have the service with my headphones on at my pod station. My wife will have it on at her desk in her computer. She'll have her headphones on. And then the kids kind of watch it on TV. We, we put it over there and they can kind of play around. But what about, so what are you doing? Go back. Remember what you were doing during the services, right? Barna continues, practicing and non-practicing Christians have different routines during online services. For example, while three in five practicing Christians at 64% say they still pray along with prayers, only two in five non-practicing Christians, that's 41%, say the same. This trend is similar for other practices, such as households watching services together at the same time, which is 42% for the practicing Christians versus 21% of non-practicing Christians, right? So look, when we say practicing versus non-practicing, your church attendance, right? It's the, it's the three or more, two or more a month. Or singing along with worship. So 40% of Christians versus 23% of non-practicing Christians, right? We're going to talk about the data that I just mentioned. We're going to break that down, go into detail just a little bit more. So you have your practicing Christians versus your non-practicing Christians. So when Barna had conducted this survey via telephone, and this is during the, the very beginning of the pandemic, right? Remember, we were still kind of like trying to figure it all out. Um, and we're just trying to get there and try to find some type of stability within our own lives. They ask, I pray along with prayers. 64% of practicing Christians said yes. 41% not practicing Christians said yes. My household watches together at the same time. 42% practicing versus 21% non-practicing. I sing along with worship. 40% practicing, 23% non-practicing Christians. I usually multitask while the service is streaming. 15% of practicing Christians said this, while 30% of non-practicing. I take notes. Again, that's 13 to 14. Practicing versus non-practicing. And then I enjoy commenting and interacting with other people who are watching the service. 13% of practicing Christians said this versus the 10% of non-practicing Christians. Before we continue, I want to read Hebrews 12, 28 through 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. We're going to keep going. I have some more data to, that I, I, I want to pull out of the hat. We're looking at the COVID-19. So we're going to sit here and try to figure out, oh, well, that's not me. That's just, you know, that's the millennials or those are the boomers or give me one second. Those are the Gen Xers. You know, that's not, that's not me. I'm not doing that. 
right? So I have data that breaks it down even further. So you're looking at the, the, the COVID-19 online church attendance by generation. So you have the boomers, the Gen Xers, and the millennials. I don't... That, if someone could help me with that whole millennial versus Gen X, because I think I fall under... Now, technically, it says I am a millennial, right? Because of the age bracket. But I, I, I fall in line with Gen X. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So, in terms of boomers, you have stayed at home, stayed at the same church, switched churches, and stopped attending church. 40% of boomers stayed at the same church. 11% switched churches. 26% stopped attending. Okay? Let's look at Gen X. 31% of Gen X said they stayed at the same church. 17% switched churches. 35% stopped attending. Now, that's almost a 10% increase from Boomer to, to, to Gen X. Let's look at um, the Millennials. 30% stayed at the same church. 8% switched churches. 50% stopped attending. What did you say? I said 50%. Five zero. All right. Let's look at the emotions, right? In COVID-19. Well, while I'm giving this data, while I'm giving you this data, I would like you guys to kind of think about the reason why this is happening. Why this is happening. What's your thoughts on this? I think it's so multifaceted that I, I, I doubt we'll ever understand. I really don't. I think that we'll, we'll, we'll spend so much time getting wrapped around the axle of this that we're going to miss the, the, the blessing in front of us. And that's the salvation through the blood of Jesus. I think yet again, we're going to get, if we try to sit down and figure this out and have, you know, this super deep dive of trying to figure out why and who's to blame, it's only going to create more chaos. But I appreciate this data. We're going to continue. Emotions in COVID-19 online church attendance. So we have practicing Christians who have stopped attending church versus all other practicing Christians. I feel bored all the time. 17% of practicing Christians who have stopped attending church said that. And then you have your 6% of all other practicing Christians. 11% said, I feel insecure for at least some of each day. That's 11% practicing Christians who stopped attending church versus the 7% of all other practicing Christians. That's saying a lot. You feel bored, you feel insecure, you, you, you feel like you're not enough. I remember this, I, I remember vividly this of what happened, right? All the isolation happened and then it's just boom. 
the enemy took his sweet time to work on us because we were isolated. We were, we were separated from each other. Let's look at what, uh, what type of support do you need from your church right now? That was a question that was asked in this survey. What type of support do you need from your church right now? <clears throat> Prayer and emotional support. A Bible-centered message of hope and encouragement and connection and community. Those are the three categories. So we're looking at stay at the same church, switch churches, and stopped attending. These are people who stayed at the same church or, or went and church shopped. That's what they're calling it. And then the ones who just stopped attending. So out of prayer and emotional support, 52% of people who stayed at the same church said that they, said that they needed that. While 68% who switched churches said that. 48% of people who stopped attending said the same thing. Let's look at a Bible-centered message of hope and encouragement. So those who stay at the same church were at 44% said this, 38% from the switch church people, and then the 24% from the people who just stopped attending. Then the connection and community part, you're, you're looking at 33% from people who stay at the church, 35% of people who switch churches, and then 27% stopped attending. I have a question. This is going to come across a little brash. P prayer and emotional support. Does the squeaky wheel get the oil in this situation? Does it? I don't know. I'll continue. At the level of the individual church, a decline of 6% might not even be noticeable were considered significant. Currently, the median church each week has 65 people in attendance. This means that half of all churches have fewer than 65 people in their weekly worship service. If those smaller congregations lose 6% of their attendance, then only four people will have stopped coming to church. Even many small churches would not necessarily consider such a decline to be alarming, especially during a pandemic. I have so many questions for the people who switched churches, the people who stopped attending service. I have, I, have, I have so many questions. What was going on in your mind? What were you thinking? What did you need? How are you not being filled up? Why did you wait until the pandemic to make that decision? And it's not judging. It's not casting an opinion. I, I'm just curious. I'm curious with my walk coming from where I came from, the experience that I experienced, I clung to my church. I clung to God like I desperately needed a life raft. And I did. I really, I really, really did. I, man, talk about heathenry. Heathen. I don't deserve what Christ gave all. I don't. I don't at all. But we're looking at 65 people in attendance. That may seem big or small depending upon what you're used to. But people can come in and see a church and see, oh, it's, it's not a lot of people in here. You know, the church must be declining. Well, if you look at the data, 
all churches are declining, especially the medium-sized uh, churches. You have your large mega churches and your medium churches, which is like 500 and below. And then you have uh, within less than 100 is your small churches. They're dying out, the, the medium churches. And I'm thinking that's leading towards the transition to either go to a large church and then things are just started to rapidly decline. But this is across the board. Everyone's feeling the same effects. The grass is the exact same color no matter where you go. However, if we examine a longer timeline, such as the past two decades, we see that this decline began long before COVID-19, long before. I wanted to put the data up front about the pandemic and have you weigh in mentally on what is happening. What was happening? And I don't think these numbers uh, are, are staggering in, unless you look at the whole picture in totality. And what we're going to discover is that COVID-19 did not, the, the pandemic, the state of the pandemic, the, 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 all the madness that happened is not the direct result from church attendance declining. That, my friends, was already baked into the pie. If we're going to examine a longer timeline, such as the past two decades, what we see that this decline began long before the Rona of 19. In 2000, the faith communities today, or FACT, study found that the median evangelical worship service attendance among U.S. congregation was 137. That's the average. Okay? Was a, was 137. Today it is only 65. In in 2000, the year 2000, more than half of churches, 53%, reported they were growing by 5% or more, but in the year studies since then, 2005, 2008, 15 and 20, more than half of the churches, 52%, say they were declining by at least percent. Think about that. Matthew 28, 19, 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The question I have for everyone is how do we get here? How do we arrive at these numbers? If you ask me, I think the fingerprints of the enemy are all over this. The entire pandemic, that this whole experience reeks of the enemy's presence. The enemy got to isolate us, then proceeded to sow seeds of deception on an industrial farming level. Our spiritual soil was tampered with. Ingredients that helped nourish spiritual fruit like grace, mercy, forgiveness were flushed from the soil with politics, pride, and prejudice. How do we move forward with the Great Commission from the safety of our homes? 
how do we coach, teach, and mentor future Christians from the couch? I don't have the answers to my own questions. And don't make it look like I am trying to, you know, beat you over the face with stats and I am levitating on my high cloud of judgment, handing out life lessons to you sinners. No, I stand that you don't want to see <laughs> Was it. Tw- 20 years ago was what? Two, oh, I just got So I graduated in, in, in 01. 18, 19 year old Marcus. Ugh. Lock him up. Get that heathen off the streets. <laughs> oh man. But I'm ser- I'm serious. I'm serious. I don't have the answers to my own questions, guys. But I know that none of us are smarter, wiser, and seasoned than all of us. I'm asking Christians to come home. Flat out. Come back home to the church. I know what you have in your mind. I, I, I know I, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. But the last time I was there, I had a falling out with so-and-so. So what? So what? You had a falling out. You're making this about you. You're making it about you. You're letting the reality of the moment become bigger than the blessing right in front of you. Have you even checked in on that person? You guys attended the same church. Of course you guys have had dialogue and and discourse. But because of the fact that the enemy got to separate us and put this, this, this veil, this curtain of isolation around you and then he just played and took his time because he knew he had it. He knew he had it. Shame on him. And that's why he's defeated to this day. Shame on him. Or the last time I was there, this person had this political viewpoint. Okay. And? I know that's... A, I know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that's pretty big. Uh, and there. Because it became... Oh, good Lord. Jesus fix it. It became an issue... It was an every, it's an everyday thing. It's still an everyday thing. It's still an everyday thing. You think Jesus was talking about red and blue to the apostles? You think he cared about that? No, not at all. Right? And then the other one, which I did see, is the church doesn't care about COVID, like the seriousness of COVID. All of that, you know, the, 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 the data that we got, the recommendations that we got, the mandates that were put forth, all of that that happened, we had to, we had to, we had to deal with that, right? We had to deal with that. And that put us, and, and that pit us against each other because depending upon what news source you got your information from, the other was wrong and you were right. And then what did you do? Your circles got smaller. The people who you used to speak to, you stopped talking to them. And then your, your circles on Facebook got smaller. And then the, you know, 
what you discuss, you only wanted to hear what you were saying. You wanted people to parrot what you were saying. Right? But I don't think that in the grand scheme of things, could these issues be worked out? Yes. Absolutely. I just said that we're, we're losing soldiers in Christ every year. It's, it's rapidly declining. Who, where, where do we get support from? Where do we get the fellowship from? Where do we get the wisdom from? All of that. The people that you fall to. The people that you can count on for that word, that spirit-filled word of wisdom that you take and you run with. Or let's say you're the person giving the information. You're the person who has all of these kernels of goodness from the gospel. How do you provide that? How can we be in this great tumbler? I'm quoting the late, great Pastor Earl Bradley, how can we become better stones in the great tumbler of life without stones in the tumbler? I'm asking you. I'm sorry. I said the word beg wrong. I am pleading with you. Come home. Come back home. You know full well everyone misses you. None of this stuff that happened matters. None of it matters. If you're concerned about COVID, conversations should be had with the leadership, right? How do you know that the leadership was even putting that into perspective? And then the leadership is taking cues off of, you know, social media, political stances and responses. We should be the good news is about inclusivity. Inclusivity. Everyone is allowed in God's house. You included. You included. I'm not sure if the scripture changed because I haven't, you know, checked, checked it out. But an angel that told the women that came to pay respects to Jesus, said, go, tell his disciples and Peter. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. This is after Peter denied Christ three times. This is after Jesus was brutally crushed. This is after Jesus was crucified. I say again, I, I am pleading with you. And I, if I could prostrate myself on this floor and get out of my seat, I would do it. But I am begging you to come home. We need your spirit. We need your thoughts. We need your fellowship. How can steel sharpen steel without steel? <laughs> Just food for thought. Just food for thought. Let us pray. God, I pulled a lot of information out. 
and I put it at the feet of everybody. And this is all for the glory of your name. I am asking you, the people who have left, the people who have gone astray, the people who have wandered, the people who have isolated themselves, God, I, I, am, I am begging you to, to put the Spirit on them right now and stay on them. Stay on them all day and all night and you, you keep them up at night. You keep that message of coming home back to you in their hearts day in and day out because we need each other. God, I'm praying that the people who stopped attending, you bring them home. God, I'm praying that anyone listening to this who wants to know more about you, who wants to come closer to you, who've never experienced you, who've never heard or had the good news shared with them, I'm asking that you lead them to the nearest facility to receive that good news. God, we thank you every day. We cannot do this by ourselves. We need you like we need air to breathe and water to drink. In your beautiful, glorious name, amen. All right, guys, that is episode two. Next episode is a special episode. I have Dr. K coming in. We're going to do a further deep dive on everything that happened in the pandemic, but without mentioning COVID. We're going to have a very healthy conversation about overall general health and spiritual health as well. So you don't want to miss this. Uh, I'm pretty sure he has a lot to say. This might be a two-parter. We're going to find out here next week when we actually do the recording. But stay tuned. And as always, stay sharp and wolf-like and chase the rabbit.